Hey there, it's your host Nandini, and I'm so glad you could join me in building this network of evolving humans. Welcome to Enough Unsaid. Welcome back to season two of Enough Unsaid. Before I jump into the second season, I want to thank all of you from the bottom of my heart for all the love, support, encouragement, just about every praise that you've all given me. It's amazing to see the network not only grow and evolve, but also reach audiences and people who wouldn't have heard of this otherwise. And that's all because you've all been sharing, liking, and reviewing this podcast. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, season one was about the factors in our lives that shaped us to be who we are today. More often than not, those factors were ones you didn't have much control over. Your upbringing, your society, your way of life. This season, we're going to be redefining some terms and ideas. Though the world and society and our surroundings have set up these definitions, a little shift in perspective can really push us to make the most of our minds. Let's start the journey of building our own foundation. And at the base, we have our first topic, criticism. Now, here is the definition from Google for criticism. It is the expression of disapproval of someone or something based on perceived faults or mistakes. Now, we're not going to define criticism as a pointer of our mistakes. I have a love-hate relationship with criticism. I think most of us do, because while we know it's important for growth and it's necessary and all of that, we're also reminded of all the things that we're lacking and being scrutinized by someone feels like a threat to our brains. Now, growing up, we were criticized by those who are closest to us, and you tend to regard it as the holy truth. It's usually referred to as tough love, and a lot of us grow up believing that if someone is being tough on you, it means that they care about you. And that's not always the case, because there is such a thing as different kinds of criticism, and not all criticism is good, and not all of it is bad. There are really three important buckets, and usually the criticism you receive falls into one of these. There's constructive, destructive, and self-criticism. Constructive criticism is helpful. Despite your initial disliking for it, it is extremely valuable. And I feel like our culture and background have made it so that we don't know how to filter or take in a healthy amount of criticism because we were usually bombarded with it. Sometimes when people don't know how to filter through criticism, two things can happen. They either believe everything and they feel really low, or they refuse to take any criticism ever and they build a fake ego. Both cases are bad. This is why it's important to learn how to classify criticism and subsequently develop tactics to help you push past it. What we're here to talk about today is how you can learn to appreciate all kinds of criticism, even the bad kind. And I promise you that the bad kind is just as important to experience as the good. What comes out of this criticism is this. It's an opportunity to grow and evolve and the opportunity to learn how to filter out people and values that don't align with you. And the key here is that it's about what you value. And if you pay attention, you'll be able to learn through it as well. Now, that's enough of me talking. Today, I'm going to bring on somebody who will be joining me on this episode for criticism. And this is somebody who I have seen grow from the criticism she has received. So please welcome on the network of evolving humans, Zainab. Hello, hello. Hello, Zainab. Thank you for joining us on this episode for criticism. I want to ask you, what does criticism mean to you? And how did you view it earlier? 
So I feel like criticism is something that all of us will encounter at some point in our lives, regardless of whether we ask for it from someone or it's uninvited. But I have definitely had my fair share of experiences dealing with lots of criticism, not just the bad, but also the good, like you mentioned, uh, regardless of whether that was from my family, uh, close friends, or even acquaintances or colleagues uh, that I work with. But I often like to think that it's it hits the most when it comes from the people that you don't expect it from, or when you aren't really in the mindset to receive any kind of criticism. So in my case, I decided to make a change in my life where I wanted to be more proactive with my fitness and, and take my health into my own control. And obviously that came with a lot of questions from other people being like, well, why do you need to do that? And that's a bit too much, don't you think? Or um, you're not really going in the right direction. That's not the right decision for you. And obviously, the more people said to me, the more it turned into uh, self-criticism, like you mentioned, and became into me questioning, well, why am I doing this? Is this really what I need to do? And it shaped whatever values and opinions that I had about myself, instead of me believing what I actually thought about myself. But at some point, I realized that I don't need other people's opinions. And yes, they can share it and they're more than welcome to share it. And if it was helpful, then great, I took it in. But if it wasn't, then I shut it out and I stuck with my truth and believed what I thought was good for me. Okay, so backtrack a little before you went on to this transition of being yeah. able to filter through all of it. When you experienced uh, this criticism, and honestly, I don't even like to call this criticism. I feel like it's just judgment. That's what destructive criticism to me feels like. Yeah. How did you react and how did you learn to, to not react as badly as before? What kind of um, placeholders or what kind of marks did you put in there to identify if somebody was actually giving you criticism or whether they were just passing a judgment on you? I think as humans, the first reaction when someone says something you don't want to hear is, how could you say that to me? That's not the truth. Yeah. And you kind of go into a defense mechanism of completely disagreeing and shutting down what they say because you don't want to hear it. Mm -hmm. And that's what my first reaction was, was, well, you don't know what you're saying and I know what I'm doing and you don't have the right to say that to me. Mm -hmm. and over time, it kind of shifted into Zainab, listen to what they're saying to you instead of completely just, you know, spitballing like, hey, how could you say this? Take some time, step back, process what they're saying, mm -hmm. and then respond appropriately. And over time, I think I found a way to distinguish between someone who was genuinely trying to help me versus someone who just had an opinion to share because they had an opinion to share. Mm -hmm. And I think you can take, take that and look at that depending on the way they say it to you. I think some people have a, a specific way of phrasing their, I guess, quote unquote, feedback mm -hmm. for you versus uh, passing a judgment. And I think I became very good at making that distinction between, okay, this is someone trying to help me out and give me some, some good advice that I can implement versus this is someone who just 
really wants to annoy me today and (laughs) has no other other, uh, agenda whatsoever. And did you find that the people who were passing those judgments onto you had any points of improvement for you? Or was it just, this is what you're doing and it's wrong? No, and that's exactly where I found it the most helpful was, okay, Mm -hmm. they're telling me I'm doing something wrong, but are they following up with, this is how you can do it this way? Or, you know, here's a suggestion that maybe you can try out versus that's wrong and that's it. And I think it's a really good point that you made was, are they actually giving me any kind of pointers to improve or Mm -hmm. is it just a negative comment with no suggestion whatsoever. So I think that was something that was also very instrumental. Yeah, and you know, I'd like to put like a a label to this actually. One of the hallmarks of looking at destructive criticism or judgment as I like to call it, is that it's a very black and white statement. Mm -hmm. There's no space for any sort of improvement. So either this and therefore that, for example, if you're not fair skinned, you're ugly. If you're not a doctor, you're a failure. If there's no room for improvement, it's, it's very black and white. And like you said, when you probe these people, they can't provide you with next steps. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's honestly, people sometimes just say things because they have nothing else to say. Um, And you can gauge that depending on what the tone of that statement is. Um, Something that you said, though, was about you sitting down and listening to the actual comment that came your way. But that can be difficult when you're emotionally invested with another person. Mm -hmm. So how did you go about separating what the person is saying from the person? Because sometimes you might miss a really good point of criticism because you're so caught up in the emotion of where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. I think to that point, I for the first time it ever happened, I didn't remove a person from from the feet from the comment that they made. I mm-hmm. immediately responded to, "Well, you're my friend. You said this to me. How how could you say it?" And I went into that you know defensive reaction. Yeah. Yeah. But after a while, I think when you start to receive it from different types of people in different that hold different positions in your life, mm-hmm. you learn to remove the person from that situation because. Take me, for instance, I have a work life and I have a personal life. My work life is my supervisor, you know, people I work with in the lab and my personal life are my friends, my family, our loved ones around me. Right. Obviously, I'm not going to have the same reaction to my supervisor telling me that I did something wrong (laughs) that I had if my friend told me that Mm -hmm. something was wrong. And that's kind of where I, I, I learned that, okay, there's two different kinds of people in this situation who are saying the same thing, mm-hmm. but because of the value and the place that they hold in my life, my reaction to them is different. Right. And so I realized that I need to focus more on what they're saying mm-hmm. rather than who is saying it. Right. So when it comes from your supervisor versus your family, now it's always easier in a professional sense to not take it personally because they don't have a personal bias for you. Mm-hmm. But if it's a friend or a family member, um, that can be a little bit more difficult. So when you used to receive that criticism, how would you just look at what they're saying? I think something that helped is to write down what they said mm-hmm. on a piece of paper, your laptop, your journal, any kind of device or paper or anything that you have around you. Mm-hmm. Write down what they said. 
and look at the words and process the words. And I think writing it down will immediately help you remove the person that said it. So you're not looking at them. Yeah. You're looking at the words that came out of their mouth and then see what kind of reaction that sparks in you, whether you actually read the words and you're like, hey, they're making a good point. Maybe Mm -hmm. I should do this or it's still sparking that negative reaction in you and then go from there and try to figure out what you want to do with that piece of information. But that's a strategy that can help you eliminate the bias. And I want to highlight those two points that you said is first you said, listen, just listen to what this person is saying. Mm -hmm. And if you can't remove that person right away, then transfer it onto a piece of paper, but really absorb that comment and see what, what it's saying. But from there, you can also decide not to take the criticism and not agree with it. Um, I want you to tell us about receiving certain criticism from your family. And um, you, you used to be a very sensitive person when you received criticism. How did you go about kind of eliminating the sensitivity from it? Or do you, do you still get sensitive about it? I think it depends on who it's coming from. And we talked about removing the person, but there are situations where you're just not able to remove the person, especially if it's a family member or Mm -hmm. a loved one. And Mm -hmm. I remember when I was making my decisions about what I wanted to pursue as as a career, it was science. I knew I wanted to be in science. I knew I wanted to learn about science, do something. But I knew I also didn't want to be a doctor. There was no (laughs) inkling in me that was like, yes, medicine is is the one for you. And when I told my family and I told people around me that that I wanted to go into a science degree, their first thought was, oh, wow, like she's going to be a doctor. And then I would immediately shut that down and say, no, like I'm not interested in being a doctor. That's not a field for me. And obviously that came with, well, what, what else can you do with a science degree? And <laughs> what other options do you have? Yeah. How are you going to do anything with, without being a doctor? And I think over time, I learned to stand my ground and explain to them why I was making the choices I was making and ask them, well, what do you think I can do with my science degree? You know, probe back and say, why, why do you think that I won't be able to do anything with this degree? Why, why do you think being a doctor is, is the only thing I can do? Right. And soon enough, they eventually start to either see things from your perspective or yeah. they just think their truth is the only truth and will continue to say what they want to say. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's the people that whose value and opinion that truly means most to you that you actually process and and give more thought to and I think those core people supported whatever decision that I had to make and never questioned it and that's mm-hmm. kind of what helped me get past that yeah I mean like you said they said if you're not going to be a doctor what are you going to do with a science degree and again that's that's a judgment call that's a very conclusive statement it's very black and white um And you're right that sometimes it can be hard to fight people back on it because they're so adamant on what they believe. And that's another hallmark of a judgment call or destructive criticism is that it's not about you. Sometimes the criticism isn't actually about you. It's about their beliefs, their ideas, maybe their own insecurities and failures that they then project onto you. 
because everybody comes with a different set of biases. If, for example, in my grandparents' generation, if you went into science, you became a doctor. So I understand that for them, they don't know that you can also be a forensic scientist. You could also work in marketing. And it makes sense that they don't know because that's where they came from. Um, But there are people who do know and still will say, well, if you're not a doctor, you're a failure. And oh yeah, um, people will say things to you to make themselves feel better, uh, to feel like they are doing enough in comparison to you. And more often than not, when you receive those kinds of comments, it's to get a reaction out of you. So the best way to sort of diffuse that conversation altogether is to not react. Uh, I agree with what you said. And I think oftentimes when, when you hear something one too many times, it does stick and it, it, you carry with it with you mm-hmm. throughout your life and you kind of build your own decisions based on that one piece of criticism that you got from someone. Mm-hmm. And eventually it, it turns and molds into what you feel about yourself and, and how you view yourself and your own ideals. And you start to question things that you've done based on what this one person said to you. So if someone said, you're not wearing a nice shirt, please like wear something else. Mm-hmm. Every time you go to pick a shirt that resembles anything like that, you start to think, well, now is everyone else going to think this shirt isn't nice? Is everyone going to have the same comment? That's a um, good. That's actually, wow. Yeah, you're right. Because if somebody says a color doesn't look good on you, a lot of people just won't choose that color anymore because one person yeah. said it. Exactly. And then it turns into, oh, maybe I don't look nice. In mm-hmm. this and maybe they were right. And I shouldn't wear this. But that's not helping you in any way. It's just pushing you down. And it's instigating and firing these thoughts that you have about yourself. A spiral. Yeah, exactly. That you've never had to begin with. Mm-hmm. until One person said something to you. There's a good biological reason for it and it's that praise is a social reward it heightens your mood it heightens your feelings and criticism acts like a threat to our brain so when your brain senses this danger it actually reduces the activity in your prefrontal cortex Um, and that is actually known to be a key player in your cognition so when you receive criticism your brain goes into fight or flight mode it's not thinking straight it's just doing whatever it can to defend itself from the threat which is maybe just somebody saying something to you mm-hmm. and growing up if if somebody said something to you it probably stuck because of that flight or fight situation you remember feeling a certain way, you remember associating a certain negative emotion or a panicked emotion to it, and therefore it's stuck. It's like, for, for like I said earlier, now when I even smell pesto, I think about the time I puked it out. It's just, <laughs> it's just a muscle memory in you and you, you remember it. 100%, yeah. That then also ends up preventing you from being able to take any criticism at all. You kind of numb yourself what I spoke about earlier that on one end you have people who take everything in and they're very, very sad. Um, And on the other hand, you have people who take nothing in parallel to that. You have a group of people who are constantly in discomfort, trying to please, trying to appease, trying to, you know, reach the next goal. Or if you said, I don't look good in red, then I never wear red around you. And they're constantly doing little acts of self-betrayal to please other people. And they're always uncomfortable. And on the other hand, 
the people who don't take any more criticism in end up surrounding themselves with people who aren't going to criticize them. And you become very complacent and comfortable because, you know, what is somebody who's doing less than you going to say to you? And you feel like the king, but you're really just a big fish, small pond. Yeah, exactly. And I think you hit the nail on the head with, with saying that if you surround yourself with people who don't criticize you, you never see the flaws that you have in yourself. And then one day an external person will come and say something and it'll hit you. Yeah. Because one else was there to tell you and that creates its own, you know, problems and spirals that could happen out of that. So you have to find a balance of the kinds of people that you surround yourself with that, you know, will both, you know, hit your ego down, but Mm -hmm. also give you points of appraisal and, and tell you that this is this is something you're doing that's right could you share an instance of when you had a hard time taking constructive criticism from somebody mm-hmm. you were actually upset and then you're like wait a minute they have check your ego I think it's when so I, I used to have a lot of conversations with my friends about uh, my difficulty with dealing with certain emotions mm-hmm. um, they pointed out that sometimes I'm too I, I go too all in with my emotions and I don't take a step back and think of things objectively before I make my decisions they're very much you know emotionally driven mm-hmm. and I was like how how could you like that is not true that's not <laughs> who I am. you're completely wrong I think you think I'm too emotional I'm not <laughs> at all right. and then I realized that it happened again where I made a decision and it was very much emotionally driven. And that decision ended up causing me more stress than, you know, relieving any. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, oh man, like they were, they were right. They were mm-hmm. onto something because clearly I made a decision that they were telling me I shouldn't make. Uh-huh. And it ended up, you know, having a negative outcome instead yeah. of doing me any good. Yeah. And I had to take a step back and say, okay, like, what parts of, of my attitude can I change to make this easier for me instead of completely shutting down their their opinion? Yeah, wow. It's hard, you know, like you said, it, it's hard to admit when you're wrong. Yeah. Um, and especially when, you know, you grow up in a Southeast Asian family where you hear a lot of judgment. As you go along, you start building up a wall because you can't cry at everything. Yeah. Um, So I almost feel like destructive criticism helps you build confidence and constructive criticism humbles you. Yeah. And one of the ways to really identify if somebody's giving you helpful criticism is that they leave space for you to make a choice. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not a definition. It's not a label. It's very much have you considered? It also depends on how somebody delivers that criticism to you and the kinds of words they choose. Um, For example, if your parents say, don't go into arts, it's a dead end career, you know, you're not going to mount to anything. That is a judgment call. And that is, like I said, a black and white conversation. There's no room for you to make a choice or a decision. Or if they said, you know, you tend to rush into things maybe slow down and consider all your options. That is good criticism that it's still, they're still saying more or less the same things. They're still saying, don't commit to something right away. 
but it's yeah. how they're saying it and they're leaving room for you to make that choice as well. So one of the hallmarks of constrictive criticism, in my opinion, is that there's room for you to make a choice. Yeah. And not only that, there's uh, some point of improvement or some mm-hmm. suggestion for a next step. It, it's not a blanket statement like you mentioned before that this is the end all be all. It should come with with something that you can try and, and do. And if you disagree with their suggestion, then that's that's fine too. But at least it came with a suggestion. It wasn't just a plain statement of everything that you could be doing wrong. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think as you go through life and you hear more destructive criticism or you hear um, people who are just making judgment calls on you, you start and you look out for these hallmarks, you start to filter those people out and you actually get closer to figuring out what you value and who you trust to say certain things to you so that you can come to, um, you can be in the right state of mind when you're receiving good constructive criticism from people who actually are looking out for you. Mm -hmm. So Zainab, when you uh, come across constructive criticism, what's the first thing you do when you enter a situation and and you're receiving criticism? How do you, uh, let's just say, check your ego at the door each time? I think I, like we mentioned before, listen. It's Listening is a really important skill to have when you are engaging in these kinds of conversations. Uh Uh, Don't just, your immediate, you know, reaction is to defend yourself and and Mm -hmm. come up with any and every excuse for why you are right and they are wrong but if you just listen to what they have to say take a step back ask them for can you give me like five minutes to think about this Mm -hmm. process what they say and and then respond with with how you feel because your initial reaction is just like we've talked about a fight or flight like you just want to fight Mm -hmm. just take a step back process listen if you need to repeat what they said to you, to yourself and mm-hmm. ask yourself those questions, then do that and then come back to them and say, I agree with what you've said. What can we do to work on this? Or I disagree with what you've said, but thank you for sharing your opinion. <laughs> thank you, Diane. That's a really good point here. <laughs> no, that's absolutely true, right? Like, listen, listen, listen. And I, hey, I used to be horrible at this. I used to be extremely defensive when people would say things to me because you, you become that person that is so aware and so conscious of the fact that what the mistakes I'm making are actually visible to the world. So it, it is very difficult to sit down and listen. But I think your point earlier on is listen and maybe repeat it or write it down or just step away for a second and think about what is actually said, removing that person, removing that bias. And then sincerely ask yourself, is this true? Yeah. And you have the full freedom to agree or disagree with the criticism. You don't have to take it in. Um, And that might be the toughest thing to do, to be extremely honest with you, to admit whether they're right or they're wrong. But if you are committed to growth and it is something that you value, then you will see parts of yourself that you don't like very much. And you will have to admit to yourself that, hey, I was I was wrong here. Yeah. And even Uh, if you disagree, it's still a point of growth for you. You still had something to learn from from whatever they had to say. Absolutely. And when it comes to destructive criticism, I think the steps remain the same. Listen 
listen yeah. to what this person is saying, look out for that hallmark of, is this a black and white judgment? Um, is somebody projecting something onto me? Because hopefully as you go on in life, you start to see things and you start to uh, realize who you are and be more grounded in who you are. So even if somebody comes up to you and says something, you are grounded enough to know, well, this isn't true. Or if you're not grounded enough, you can listen, step back, write it down and decide for yourself if it's true or not. Yeah. And it, I think we all know the saying of take it in one year, ear and out the other. Yeah. Um, sometimes you have to apply that mentality to these kinds of situations and uh-huh. take what you can. And, and if you don't agree, then nobody is forcing you to you know, compromise or conform to whatever someone else is saying. Absolutely. And maybe the most dangerous thing about criticism um, and taking in all the criticism in the world is letting it spiral into your own worldview of yourself. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like self-criticism is the most dangerous one, but at the same time, um, it becomes what you feed it. So if you are constantly taking in all the negativity and you feed yourself the same words and ideas, Mm -hmm. then you will have a poor outlook on your life. Mm -hmm. But if you take it as an opportunity to learn about yourself or an opportunity to learn how to filter through people like that, then you're still growing. I can tell you many times when I've come across people that aren't so wonderful. um, And I still am, I feel grateful that I've been able to interact with people like that because now I know that people like this exist or now I know how to react to those kinds of people so Mm -hmm. there's something to be learned in everything Mm -hmm. I also think that um, the self-criticism portion comes in with again listening to all the negative things that people have to say about you but also then making comparisons between you and someone else and and turning that into a spiral Mm -hmm. as well and so it can be dangerous to always feel like you need to digest everyone's criticism and you have to protect yourself sometimes from that negative spiral that can come out of it that we've uh, spoken about. Mm -hmm. And one of the tips that I think always helps when you're in any sort of downward spiral and it's a, a mental game that you're playing with yourself is when you are hearing all these thoughts about yourself and you're thinking these things, just stop for a second and ask yourself, would you say that to a friend? Mm-hmm. wouldn't say you're so fat and you're so bloated and you're so ugly you wouldn't say that uh-huh. so don't say the things that you wouldn't say to your friend I agree I agree 100% honestly it's how you view the situation if you walk into any sort of criticism with the belief of everybody has something to say and people will speak based on their own biases thoughts and ideas then you're a little bit less um, sensitive to whatever comes your way. Mm-hmm. And I think you, I think you might've said this earlier in one ear and out the other, but also take it with a grain of salt, mm-hmm. right? Even if somebody knows you really, really well, and they're looking out for you and they're telling you to do something and they're criticizing you about something at the end of the day, it's still your life and it is still your choice. And it is still um, up to you as to what you want to do. So you don't, you really don't have to accept everything that comes your way. Mm-hmm. So overall, I think, actually, Zainab, I want to ask you, now that you're more fit and you've uh, chosen a different path in terms of your career, do you still receive criticism about those decisions? 
I think, yeah, you're always going to receive criticism mm-hmm. of what stage you're at in life. But I think I've learned to surround myself with the people whose opinions I value and who are more supportive than than others. And as we talked, as you talked about filtering, yeah. people that don't bring me any joy uh, has really helped me get past all of that. And I'm still learning. I'm still growing. I, I'm not like at my 100 percent self yeah I think having those people and having that support system has been very helpful uh throughout the whole journey so 100 someone always has something bad to say but I think mm-hmm. it's how you look at it and how you approach it that changes your whole perspective on on how you feel about it yeah that's a really good point that you know no amount of overachieving will prevent criticism You can think about the richest, the most attractive, the happiest people in the world, and they're still not immune to criticism. Um, You're always going to receive criticism. And as you go through different stages of your life, you will take on different roles. And it might start off with people criticizing the way you look, your career choices, your weight. And as you get older, um, other choices are critiqued, like how good of a wife or a husband or a mother or a father or a coworker or a friend you are. Like it doesn't stop because it just doesn't that's as humans we tend to criticize we receive criticism it's it's a part of the social game um but you know it's okay to feel sad after receiving criticism this podcast wasn't for you to look at all criticism and be like thank you so much i am so positive about this no you will feel sad because it is a rude reminder that you're not perfect but you don't have to beat yourself up about any of it and good criticism isn't meant to push you down. It's to here to say, you know, hey, you've gone off track. Have you considered coming back here? And bad criticism is an opportunity for you to grow and grow out of some social circles or even filter out certain people who don't mean well. All in all, it doesn't matter what kind of criticism comes your way or what people say to you. It depends on what you do with that information. And good criticism is important to be able to get to because it pushes you, it motivates you, it encourages you, it humbles you. And as humans, we're not perfect and we never will be. And that's okay because as new stages of life happen, new versions and new mistakes will happen. You will continue to get criticized. But along the way, if you can pick up on your values, learn to filter people out, each time any criticism comes in, you're not numbing yourself to the potential of there being a good criticism for you to take in. Well, this brings us to the end of our first episode for season two of Enough Unsaid. I truly hope that Zainab and I were able to help you consider a different definition of criticism. And despite our collective initial experiences with tough love or destructive criticism, we can view it as a valuable opportunity. Remember, criticism will never go away, so we might as well use it to our advantage. Here are four steps you can consider the next time you're dealing with some criticism. Number one, listen. Don't fight back. While it's tempting to justify yourself, you don't actually need to provide a reaction, justification, or prove your worth to anybody. Look for the intention behind the criticism. Look out for those hallmarks. Is this a conclusive statement? Is this a black and white statement? Are they giving me next steps that I can work towards? Number two, step away. Take a minute or two and really understand the criticism. 
This could mean that you repeat the criticism back to yourself. You could write it down and remove the person and the bias from it and really just sit with it. It could take a few days or a couple of hours, but really absorb what the criticism is telling you. Number three, accept the fact that you don't actually have to accept the criticism. Number four, ask yourself, is what they're saying true? And this may be the toughest thing to come around to because it's not just admitting that you did something wrong, it's also accepting the fact that somebody called you out for it. And that doesn't get easy, but if growth is something you value, it is absolutely necessary. Well, thank you so much, Zaina, for joining me. I appreciate you coming here and sharing your perspective. It was absolutely insightful, and I hope our listeners learned a whole lot from you as well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really glad that we got to talk about all of this because I think it's very necessary and I hope it helps someone out there. Amazing. And thank you so much. And if you haven't already, please go ahead and rate, review, and like this podcast and follow the Instagram page Enough Unsaid. Well, here's to season two. (music) 